Welcome to Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I am an educator, speaker, mentor, and author. I believe in the importance of helping children reach their potential so they will become well-rounded, intelligent citizens with positive influence and impact in society. Join me to hear from experts who can help give parents access to the best skills, strategies, tools, and resources to help their children be successful and ultimately excel in the world. Hello, everybody. It's Helen Panos, Dynamis Learning Academy, a K-12 tutoring service. Welcome again to my uh, Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. I am here with a special guest who uh, is going to talk to us about kids and exercising. So I just wanted to introduce you to Maria Angel- Angelova. And she is with Rebellious International. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. You got it right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome, Maria. Nice to have you as a guest on my podcast today. I appreciate you having me here as a guest. Thank you so well, much. Awesome. Well, you're welcome. Um, I wanted you to, uh, first of all, just tell the audience a little bit about your company and, um, you know, then you can also transition to where were you before, how you started and how you journeyed into Rebellious International and starting your company. Sure. So my company is Rebellious International. I had a bit of an unusual start in which, for which I'll tell you in a sec, but I'm a body-mind coach and my mission is to work with people on intentional movement and mindset so that people can live a more purposeful, fulfilling and energetic life. I think a lot of times nowadays we all know we need to exercise, we all need to meditate But sadly, a lot of those habits become just another thing that we do on the vicious cycle of life. And we just kind of go through the motion instead of being intentional of how we move. Mm -hmm. So being focused on my companies, I do Pilates-based movement. And I teach in person as well as online. And I work, I start very much from the ABCs, the ABCs of alignment and figuring out where you're in space. Mm-hmm. which muscles you're using, how your body is compensating so that you can create that awareness of where potentially corrections are needed. Same thing applies to the mind. If we have a mind that doesn't hush and just keeps going, 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 I call it the spinning mind. Sometimes it is really hard to focus and appreciate the current moment. And I think with technology and everything, just the speed of life nowadays, it's really hard for people as well as children, you know, I think our kids from one aspect have the blessing of living with all of this technology, but I think on the opposite side, they live in a life of rush, rush, rush and overwhelm and expectations set up by social media. Mm. Their posture is impacted by social media and all of that. So I'm very passionate about what they do and I work with kids um, and it's, I love it. I'm sorry. And you have a daughter, right? A I have a 10-year-old daughter, yes. So you know all about the posture and watching her probably being online, virtually. And before it was book bags, right, parents? We all complained about, oh, God, these poor children have too much heaviness on their shoulders because of a book bag, right? And now it's being on the computer too long. <laughs> they get no break. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I did an event for teenagers uh, this weekend and I watch every single one of them and how they carry themselves. And all of them have the head down, oh, the no. shoulders. It is just 
it's an epidemic and it's going to unfortunately, I think, catch up with those kids a lot younger. Whereas now our generation usually starts feeling the aches and pains about probably 45 and up. This generation is going to have those aches and pains come a lot earlier. There is research that shows that kids nowadays, by their late teen years, are actually starting to grow. They call them horns into their neck because Ooh. of this. Oh, no. <laughs> and if you think about the implication of posture, it's not just something that's aesthetic. It's something that's very closely correlated to well-being because it impacts our nervous system, which regulates absolutely everything. We don't think about it until there is a problem. And then when there is a, once there is a problem, we become very quickly aware of that problem. Mm -hmm. So I think posture is something huge for kids nowadays. And even my own daughter, I'm that mom that's always like, sit up, don't slouch, sit up, lift the head up. <laughs> I'm always trying to adjust her into a position so that she... And I get it. She gets tired. She does school in front of the computer and she loves to be on, you know, her phone. And we just have to be very intentional about making her go out and play and run and do the things that we used to do as kids. All right. I agree. Yes. Um, yeah. be, be outside, especially, you know, when the weather's nice, yes. we are heading into spring. Right. So I know you uh, you quit corporate America, right, after about 20 years there. And so how long have you had Rebellious International? So I quit my corporate job August of 2016. So four and a half years, almost five. Okay. Um, and I went from finance. I have an undergraduate and graduate degrees in finance. Did that. I did operations. I did finance. But always on the side, I did fitness. In 2012, I discovered Pilates and it truly changed my life in many ways, more than in just the physical aspect. And I used to teach, oh, I started teaching at the time when there was step and high and low. Maybe you remember those, Hill. Mm -hmm. And I taught Zumba, I taught spinning, cycling, kickboxing, you name it, I've taught it. And when I first started doing Pilates, I was like, this thing is slow, I'm not sweating, my heart rate is not up, I was very confused. <laughs> And now uh, I've been teaching Pilates since, 2012, uh, since 2013. It's the more I see how it impacts the body and the, uh, how positively it impacts the body. And I see how my clients' lives change in more than just physical aspect. I had a client last week. He said, uh, Pilates is keeping me young. Mm -hmm. That uh, if you had tried to do this to me a year ago, I probably would have broken. I was stretching him out. <laughs> So it's amazing to see. And then with the kids, I start teaching kids at about age eight because they do need to have a certain level of maturity. And I'm amazed. I have some kids which, who have worked for almost two years now, and it's amazing to see how their body is taking in the information and how it is impacting their posture, their strength, their flexibility, their body awareness. Mm -hmm. Because even adults nowadays have zero body awareness. <laughs> right. And I know I've talked to you about Pilates, the Pilates reformer. I love it. Um, I'm so glad I was introduced to it about, gosh, probably about five years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. And because I've had lower back issues, I mean, it's a terrific thing for kids who have back issues. Let's say they're carrying these heavy scoliosis. Right? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and it's protected and it's great for the core and it builds up the core and arms. I, I'm just amazed at everything well, I mean, Joseph Pilates really did it originally, from what I understand, was for the military, correct? Yeah, yeah. so it makes sense that it really does build up a lot of muscles. 
Yeah. <laughs> he was born a very sickly child and his dad was into gymnastics. So Joseph devoted his life to making sure he doesn't continue to have a sickly life. So he studied yoga. He studied the movement of animals. Mm. He uh, worked, he studied uh, martial arts and practiced martial arts. And then during the uh, world war, he was in a camp assisting soldiers to rehabilitate. And he was attaching springs to the bed so that he can challenge their core. And that's why the equipment nowadays has that antique looking um, look. Mm-hmm. But in terms of kids, you know, the, if especially if there is misalignment, it's great if those alignments can start being corrected at an earlier age, because obviously there is a bigger, better chance of seeing results. And then any kid that's athletic, because athletism without knowing how to safely move your body and protect your body, that's when injuries start happening. And that's why a lot of kids who are into professional athletics, a lot of them have injuries by the time they're in their teenage years. Mm, That's a good point. What about, I I never thought about this, but you know, they do the scoliosis screening Mm -hmm. um, for certain grade levels, especially in middle school, because most of my career has been in middle school. Um, Does it help with that? kind of thing or not absolutely yes because pilates is all about alignment and you know one disclaimer i'll put here is that pilates nowadays is becoming commercialized so you can go you know to a place that just goes through the motion if pilates and doesn't and um you have to really go with somebody who understands what they're doing and watches for that alignment because if somebody has scoliosis, I'm exaggerating. First of all, for a lot of people, scoliosis is not a structural issues. For a lot of people, scoliosis or misalignments in general happen because there is some kind of imbalance. So for example, if somebody, let's say, injures their knee, they might start avoiding that side to take pressure of the knee as a result of which the body would adopt certain patterns. Mm. But for a lot of you know times, and a lot of kids, they might have very mild scoliosis, which over time corrects. But, you know, if they sit, let's say, in front of the computer, turn this way, over time, if you're always sitting that way or if they're twisted in some kind of funny way, that can start showing up into their spine. So Pilates is fantastic. And, you know, if somebody and it depends on the degree of the scoliosis, right? If it's something very mild, even for adults, you start seeing it stops the progression of it and it holds it at least where it is. Again, depending on what it is, sometimes you might see a correction, but with a child, you have a lot bigger chances of seeing those corrections because their body is not fully developed. Okay. And I know we talked about the world of technology and kids today spending too much time on technology <laughs> and addressing issues that you see arising. So we talked about posture, lack of movement, misalignment from sitting too long um, and in, especially in an awkward position, just like you just yeah. mentioned and applying that to, you know, what that Pilates can help kids and parents, of course. And parents, um, yes. Yeah. What are some things kids can do to work on staying strong then? I know you've mentioned. You well, I, you know, I think movement is for sure. You know, if you sit all day and whether you're a kid or an adult, that's just not good. So movement, and a lot of times, unfortunately, people associate movement with weight loss, right? But we're not designed just to be skinny. We're designed to be strong. So movement really has a myriad of benefits. And kids nowadays just don't move enough. I mean, that's just a fact. So movement, whatever kind of movement they like to do, um, 
if they like to dance, if they like to swim, if they like to play tennis. I know now with COVID, things are a little bit tricky in terms of activities, but I encourage my daughter. She just puts music and she just dances around the house. Mm-hmm. If that's what they can do, you know, if they are playing with certain friends, you know, any kind of movement, basketball, t- like tennis, play outside, just run in the cul-de-sac, run in the yard, any kind of activity. And I would say for kids, they need to move a lot because they have all of this energy. And the other thing is, especially if they're into athletics, I will tell you, my daughter used to do gymnastics and I stopped her because what I I was seeing is that she was not being taught how to use her core and she was becoming very one-sided. She could do a beautiful flip on the right side and on the left side, she would look like she has never done gymnastics. And that started creating a curvature into her spine. Uh So she was not born with scoliosis, but the movement, the repetitive movement started causing her to have an issue. So I was like, "Mm -mm, no, So especially kids who are athletic, you need to make sure that they know very well of how they're moving to stay strong. Posture, how they sit, it's huge. My daughter has this cute pink chair and she just literally like slouches into it. <laughs> I was going to say, I love to slouch. I've yeah, stopped doing that, but I that when I was young. <laughs> it's a lot easier, right? So I told her, like, I have this chair that I use, which has a flat back and I gauge that chair to make sure my stomach is engaged my shoulders are not rounded forward or up towards my neck and then daily stretches you know something as simple this is one of the favorite things I do with clients is just make sure lift your arms open the chest don't shrug the shoulders up and I tell them pretend your arms originate so see what happens to your shoulders Mm -hmm. you want to move from the upper back and just kind of reversing this into this and you know if you need to be here Now, what a lot of people would do is they'll collapse into their low back or they'll press their arms far out. It's not about that. It's about getting the upper back and the chest to open, which is different than this. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Doing light stretches, you know, pay attention to how you sleep. The phones, doing these. I know that's my problem. Well, that's a lot of my business is on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I use my phone to run my business. So I'm always here. So if my head is always here and I'm collapsing, my posture will become this. So being intentional to keep that phone up, mm-hmm. thinking posture, keeping those abdominals engaged. That just, and if you think about sitting, I tell people think in 90 degree terms. Feet are 90 degrees flat, 90 degrees at the knee, 90 degrees at the hips. And then nice and tall. Now, if you don't have the core strength, you're not going to last here too long, right? Because you're going to be like, it's exhausting to sit up tall because that requires a lot of work. That is why core and training the core muscles, which is the abdominals, the back muscles, mm-hmm. to support our posture is super, super important. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you how important that is. Um, so I had a lower back, in, I guess, problem. And the reason why I picked up a trainer was so that um, they wanted to put a needle down my back, of course. And I said to them, the doctors, if unless you can tell me that's going to resolve the problem forever, then I'm not going to do that. Instead, I hired a trainer to build up my core, which helped my back issue. And then I was able to get up. I mean, this was in my 40s. So um, and then I found Pilates and that's and it supports my back even better. Um, I do do strength tra- training too with weights. I have to be careful about my traps like to get tight so I can't lift up and I do have a neck issue. 
So yeah, um, I'm afraid that children definitely, cause they're, I see them in all my life of uh, teaching for 25 years, you know, since the iPads have come out and now everything is more one-to-one, um, you know, you see them like this. I'm yep. looking at the iPad. So what is their neck doing? Looking forward and tilting plus their shoulders. That's why you see these, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, or they'll slouch back because they're trying to look because the desks, you know, they're pretty tall in middle school. And so they're much, they're sitting much taller than the iPad, right? So whether they have it flat or they're sitting it up, which is sitting it up is a little better. Mm-hmm. They're still kind of looking down at it, right? Because they're so tall. <laughs> if you look where my computer is and it's probably still a little bit lower than where it should be i didn't put it down there it's more you want it to be almost like a little bit higher than eyesight so that you prevent mm-hmm. it. and then when you type a lot of times people type like this so what does that do to your neck it's right. brutal for your neck right and then people are stressed out so that causes that naturally right sympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. and then if you think what this does, also think of all the organs that are here. It compresses the organs. It impacts the nervous system, digestive system, breathing. One of the best indicators for how stressed somebody is, take a deep breath. So if I ask you to take a deep breath, take a deep breath. And exhale. So not too bad. A little bit of movement in the shoulders. Most people's deep breath looks like this. <laughs> And then people say, I don't understand why my shoulders and my neck are always tight. It's because that breath, it's a stress pattern of breathing. It's a very shallow breath. It doesn't really bring much oxygen, but it creates a ton of tension into the upper body, the shoulders and the neck. Every time the shoulders come up, I tell my clients, every time I say arms up, shoulders down, or keep your shoulders down, if I have a penny for each time I say that, I'll be a millionaire by now because... (laughs) Everybody does that, right? Yeah, the arms over the... Right. Yeah, and then they'll be like, I don't understand why they go up. I don't want them to go up. So those are the type of things that we retrain people to do, right? Mm-hmm. How to move effectively and to protect the body. Huge. Right. And especially teach them from young so they know... Exactly right. Them. Because, you know, those habits, the habits of movement, the habits of making self-care of your daily life, the habit of, I started working out when I was 12. And for me, I'm 43. To this day, movement is a daily part of my life. And my family makes fun of me because I'll have 30 minutes and I was like, I got to go do my workout. They're like, there's nobody. Like most people will be like, I'm going to go take a nap or something like that. And I'm just, read a book. <laughs> yeah. for me, it's just, it's daily life and I'm used to it. And for me, it's not something I have to do. It's my sanity and I think if we can create those things for kids you know being creating that awareness for them knowing how to meditate you know my kids in the beginning are like oh that's boring Miss Maria now they're like Miss Maria when is the music coming on because they know that they get to relax so can you turn the lights off Miss Maria you know can you do this like they have all these demands so that it's nice and relaxing but it's a habit that will stay with them for life and it's a lot easier to learn to meditate when you're 10 than when you're 45. Mm, that's true. Teach those habits early on. They'll do them. <laughs> Very important. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yes. That's it. Okay. So let's talk about peer pressure and body image. Ooh, that's a big one for especially middle schoolers and teens. <laughs> so the impact of that for, let's say, for young minds. What do you think about that? 
in terms of? Well, you know what? I work with a lot of women who have very poor body image. And I think a lot of that body image, those body image issues arise around teenage years, right? When things start, our body starts developing. I, I, what got me into the gym is I started developing curves and the girls at school would make fun of my big butt. <laughs> that got me into school and my entire life until like my 40s, I finally embraced the body that I had because you know what? I spent the first years of my life and my fitness, how many calories have I lost, how, you know, how it was the intensity and all of that, like beating myself to get like that butt that's never going to be my butt just because my structure is such, right? Yeah. So, and now I get the opportunity to talk to, especially teenage girls. I think that's a little bit more relevant to them because they see those changes in their body starting to happen. And they'll say, but Miss Maria, look at my friend and look at the way she looks. And it's like, honey, like your body would just never look like that. Mm -hmm. So I think educating our kids to embrace, you know, what their body is like. And I think another thing is teaching our kids to be comfortable into their bodies, because I think there are a lot of adults who are not comfortable into their bodies, mm -hmm. knowing our bodies, being aware, being know when we are tense. Our body is an expression of us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So if any one of those is off, our body speaks to us. Mm -hmm. The issue is that what do we usually do if we have an ache or a pain? We pop a pill. You know, higher down the pain, move forward rather than investigate why is something achy. So body image is something humongous. And this is the time to address it. It's childhood years. You know, I think social media, I mean, it's the same for adults, right? You watch somebody and you're like, you watch the magazine covers, you watch the movies and you get this aspect that, you know, women have cellulite, women have stretch marks, you know, like it's part of it. Right. And you know, it's okay to have hips. It's okay to have boobs, you know, whatever your body is, your nose will look different. And teaching our kids to embrace that, I think that's huge because that's something that's going to carry with them through, through their entire life. And I it's see. such an easier journey, once again, to do this in childhood years rather than grow up traumatized. And I hate to say it, a lot of people abuse their bodies with exercise because it's about how they look. And I hate to work with weight loss, people who want to lose weight because they're so focused on the scale that they miss the entire other side of how good movement is for them. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, if you feel good physically and if you feel good mentally and emotionally, everything will change and the weight will come off. But it's like, how do you approach it? And mm -hmm. a lot of kids are stressed out. A lot of kids are going through hormonal development their adrenal systems, their hormonal systems are changing. If they start doing crazy intensive stuff, that can start affecting them hormonally as well. Mm -hmm. And so it has a myriad of implications of teach the kids to respect their bodies, to love their bodies, to embrace who they are. You know, rebellious is kind of has that message because when I was quitting my job, I was a finance director at the time and people were like, you're going to do what now? Quit a finance director job to go teach Pilates? So I wanted to name that reflected that rebellious spirit of you have your life and teach kids to embrace and be who they want to be because I think our society teaches us to do this and do that and do this and do that. I 
loved movement as a child. I was always good at sports, but I come from a family of academia. So sports were not an option. Both of my parents are PhD professors. Mm -hmm. So it was all about going to school, getting grades, going to college, getting a good job. Mm -hmm. Right. And then in the back of my mind, 20 years, I'm like, I want to do something with fitness. I'm going to have a fitness studio, but then you have the salary, the benefits, you know, all of those things that are good by societal standards until I finally broke through. And I say, you know, broke the the cuffs and the person who I am today is so much more authentic. And I feel like I'm living an authentic life. Now I have amazing parents who have always supported me and been there for me. So did they do this? to cause me harm? Absolutely not. They did that because that's what they know, right? And that's, it's tricky when you're a parent because of course you want your kids to do well in school, right? But yeah. sometimes in the process, we do their spark and we suppress who they are. So it's a, it's a delicate balance. Mm, tricky there. Tricky little balance. Can yeah. you also, uh, I know you also work with toxin reduction. Will you quickly explain or address this topic in the context of kids? Absolutely. So kids are considered special population and kids would be considered, you know, whether they're a newborn or let's say they're teenagers because kids go through very rapid development. And depending on the stage, they may also not have the defensive mechanisms to filter toxins the same way that adults do. Mm -hmm. So they're more susceptible to toxins and toxins are everywhere. Toxins are in the air, in the water, in the food, but they're also in products that we use, which is a lot of times we don't really think about that. So I think food, things like sugar, processed food and all the preservatives that are in there, right? Those are toxins like GMO foods. Our body doesn't know what to do with them. Like microwavable foods, we do not use the microwave into our home. That's on the food side that I'm going very high level, right? But then on the other side, you have products. So for example, a bug spray, everything that you put onto the skin goes through the pores into the bloodstream and then it gets carried throughout the body, it goes to the organs. It may or may not bioaccumulate, but it creates toxicity into the body. Mm-hmm. Anything like the type of shampoo you use, conditioners, laundry detergent, cleaning products, like sometimes we don't think about that stuff. And those products, like I said, can go into our body topically. They can go through inhalation Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, we might ingest them, like in the case of food. So those are some things. And especially, I think, again, applies probably more for like teenage girls when they start playing with makeup. Because a lot of the colored makeup, for example, is heavy on um, heavy metals, which are neurotoxins. Mm-hmm. So they use the, start using the body sprays, which have artificial fragrance. A lot of that has endocrine disruptors, which that impacts their um, hormonal levels. And again, they're going through that stage of rapid development. That's not the time. It's not a good time anytime, but especially in that age to mess up with hormones. Especially so, chemicals in the hair. In the care. Girls are now dying their hair younger. Absolutely. The nail polish. Yeah. You know, the... Um, I mean, nowadays they have the makeup for kids that are like, I don't know, four, five, six, and you see them like with nail polish and the smells. If you think of those fumes that they, that the kids are exposed to, it's so toxic. The, um, a lot of times the colored stuff, the covered toys that also have a smell to them. People are like, oh, they smell so nice. I will tell you, once you get used to not being around synthetic fragrance, that stuff will give you a headache and nausea in like, nanoseconds that's true because we don't really have that around here in my home (laughs) my husband doesn't like any of the scents and things like that as soon as he smells something 
I mean, it's really poisonous for us. And, you know, a lot of the kids. And the other thing is, depending on the family, a lot of, like, I have friends who are in the medical field and their go-to for issues are is medications. You know, we started using, we use essential oils and we started using them because my daughter had a febrile seizure and we were told that her seizure was complex. So there was a chance of recurrence when she spikes fever. So we started looking for alternative ways other than Tylenol because she started daycare. And you know how that goes when a child, small child starts daycare, they're sick all the time. She was drinking Tylenol like water. Mm. And, you know, that's the number one uh, cause of liver failure. So, and the other thing on toxins, just to kind of shift back is toxic relationships. Yeah, yes. So that's, that yeah. kind of goes along with the peer pressure, right? As the kids grow up and they start developing personalities. And I know personally as a parent, I, do, I feel like I should not tell my daughter who she should be a friend or not. I want the decision to come from her. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I constantly reinforce friends should be those kids that make you feel good, that are your cheerleaders that make you want to do well, not the ones that make you feel bad, not the ones that criticize you. And so we have those conversations, but toxic relationships, again, adults or kids, that's something that's good to be aware of and know how to um, respond to. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's when the mindset comes, right? Oh, yeah. I have to learn how to deal with that because there's a lot of different personalities and the competitiveness of women, some especially women, <laughs> if you have right. girls out there. So tell our audience um, how they can reach you, and I think you they can book a, a, a session with you. Talk about that. Yes, I do complimentary consultations, so they can go to my site, and I don't know if you're going to post that, Helen. I will. I'll have it in the notes. Yep. Yep. And then they can book a consultation through there. Uh, or my email is Angelova, and you can see the spelling of my last name on the screen. It's A-N-G-E-L-O-V-A at rebellious, R-E-B-E-L-L-I-O-U-S dash I-N-T-L dot com. Mm-hmm. And you're welcome to reach out. I love working with kids because the um, the returns on the, the way it changes their life, it's amazing. And I was, uh, my kids, <laughs> they did a testimonial and one of the kids said, and I like Miss Maria because she doesn't yell. Yeah. And then um, I'm on social media. I'm on face, uh, Facebook, Rebellious INT, and Instagram, Rebellious INTL. And I'm also on LinkedIn under my personal name, Maria Angelova, as well as a Rebellious INTL. So I look forward to connecting with everybody. If there is anything that I can help, even if it's just advice or, you know, pick my brain on something, I would love to, but um, take care of those little kids. You are so full of knowledge. I've loved this interview. It's right up my alley because I love people eating healthy, people exercising. I'm one of these people that, I, I don't know. Exercise is just part of my habit and I like it. I, I'm so happy. I can't do it. If I'm injured or something like that or sick, I'm like, Oh, when can I go back? <laughs> so tell us, um, I added a couple things this season. Tell us your favorite quote or an affirmation that you would share with our parent audience. You know, one of my favorite things that I do with my daughter is every night I go to her room. She likes to sleep with the light on. So I go to turn off the light and give her a kiss Mm-hmm. And every night, I, whether she's awake or not, I just tell her, you're amazing, you're sweet, you're caring, you're smart and beautiful, and you can do anything that you want in this world. And I'm just 
hoping that somehow that sinks into her subconscious mind to where the world might tell, tell her otherwise she can hear mom's words in the back of her head. Oh, that's sweet. And then two things that you're most thankful for right now. I am thankful for my family and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here with you, Helen, and share my passion. I'm very, very much believing to what I do and how it impacts life. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be here with you and hope that this will touch somebody and help somebody. Yeah, this is awesome. Well, thank you for uh, sharing your wonderful knowledge with us and our parents. And then hopefully more and more kids will understand and parents will understand why children should start younger and, yes. and exercising. And it all, it definitely does reflect everything, your mind, your body, your spirit. You're exactly right. So I am all for that. Well, thank you very much again, Maria, for joining us. And uh, everybody, I appreciate you listening to our podcast today. And we will be back again next week with a different guest. Well, thank you very much. And you guys have a terrific day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Whenever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to dynamuslearningacademy.com slash podcast. You may also contact me if you need tutoring assistance for your child. I may be reached at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.